Hi, this is Way. And this is Ariel. And this is Everybody's, Everybody's Basic. Basic. writer for the Houston Chronicle. And I am an arts maven and a sassy lady living in Houston, Texas. <laughs> a little sassy lady living in Houston, Texas. Can I also be a sassy lady living in Houston, Texas? Yes, you can, darling. Okay. You can be whatever you want to be. <laughs> I will not stop you. So um, I liked the format we did last time. Mm-hmm. It was two Facebook posts and two topics. Yeah. So we're going to do two Facebook posts. Um, mine's going to be about a new year resolution that I had. Mm-hmm. And then yours gonna, is going to be about... Complaining. Complaining, right. complaining. Yes. Because what else is Facebook for but to just yell out the worst parts of yourself? I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I want to talk about a little bit of internet outrage that happened. Essentially, there was a high school girl... Um, who was white and wore a chipao, which is a Chinese style dress, okay. and that a whole lot of nonsense. Kind You're of gonna have insane. to educate me because I didn't, I didn't know the name of that dress. I don't know. I'm excited about this. Uh, I don't know if I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know if excitement is the thing that uh, <laughs> kind of racial outrage on Twitter brings <laughs> me, but I am excited to talk you about and how you feel about cultural appropriation so that'll be kind of our first main topic and super hot super hot off the press one and a half week old takes on marvel's (laughs) the avengers i mean i i have a lot of conflicting feelings about this movie um and i left it feeling very uncomfortable with how i felt about just the outcomes so i'm i'm looking forward to this conversation yeah we're going to talk about Thanos. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so Daddy me... Thanos. <laughs> Zaddy, Zaddy, Zaddy. Zaddy. You get it? <laughs> Zaddy Thanos. <laughs> He's got a little bit too many chins, right? So I don't want to say anything else. I've had a lot of wine. Yes, yes. <laughs> now I will remind everyone that we are five twelfths of the way through the year. So how are those New Year's resolutions coming along? I want to talk about this balance between self-improvement and kind of self-love. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I feel like those are in kind of a, in a weird balance with each other. Mm-hmm. They're kind of fighting with each other. So I just want to go back and read kind of my uh, New Year's resolution mm-hmm. and, and see kind of how, how I did. And we can talk about kind of what I'm trying to say. So this okay. is my Facebook post from, um, from New Year's. Okay. This year... I will strive to be a more generous friend, a braver writer, and the kind of man who can be both strong and humble. As I work to be better, however, I will also allow myself inertia, mistake, and embarrassment. In my journey toward betterment, I will also remind myself to relax, because when the world feels frustrating and chaotic, and boy, will those days come, what will save me will not be disappointment in myself or the world, but rather gratitude for the beautiful things that I already have. When despair knocks on my door, I will say, hello, old friend, and move on. When I am not doing well, I will microwave some frozen Trader Joe's enchiladas, put on reruns of Flavor Flay's Flavor of Love, and say to myself, actually, you are doing just fine. 
Oh my fucking god, I love flavor. 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 But no, let's talk about it. It's, for me, it's about working through my past, which was very much defined by self doubt. Mm-hmm. But because of that, a lot of growth. Mm-hmm. And, and trying to reconcile that with, I, I would say, the past couple years when. I have been really practicing and I think excelling at self-love, but not being able to find out how I'm going to grow next. Mm -hmm. So the past couple years, I feel like I've been able to love myself in a way that I haven't loved myself before, but I haven't been able to grow. I'm I'm afraid I'm reaching this kind of like self-improvement plateau, not even wanting to improve because Mm -hmm. feeling, feeling like I'm the same. So I, I, it's like really hard for me to balance these two kind of conflict ideas is that something you ever think about do you make goals for yourself like on new year's or whatever how do you think about this well i don't i try i don't make new year's goals because i i feel like the irony or kind of just the general consensus around new year's resolutions is that we don't keep them um right but i i'm very self-critical and sometimes i can conflate self-improvement with self-love so i'll be like you know self-love is me going to work out five times a week because i want a better body right it's not really self-love that's or more self-care. like you love something that isn't you right now but you might be able to work towards later right. in the future and it but it doesn't support the idea of me really appreciating who i am right now mm-hmm. because that's not the mind frame that i use to motivate myself to do those things mm-hmm. so existing in a more positive mental space about how i feel about myself right now um it's hard um and so sometimes i need to separate those things and say yes i work towards improvement but also i want to be in love with who i am right now and those things can, you can exist in those two spaces at one time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were talking about Hamilton last time. Mm-hmm. And one of the most poignant songs is Satisfied. Mm-hmm. Angelica and Alexander Hamilton meet each other. It's a meeting of two artistic intellectual minds. And they both realize that, what you said, you will never be satisfied, right? right? That is in some ways kind of like a mark of an ambitious person Mm -hmm. and i think i believe that that very ambitious people are never satisfied the great modern dancer martha graham Mm -hmm. coined this term divine dissatisfaction i don't know if you're familiar with that it's this idea that no matter what to be an artist is to always feel dissatisfied i am okay with that because i feel like you will people don't try to improve and change and move and do drastic things unless they have a feeling of dissatisfaction so i try to embrace that feeling of not being happy with where i am and and trying to understand that i can convert that into fuel that will power me towards somewhere else right but it's still hard to find the Balance and not drown in your own feelings of inadequacy. Oh my and god! I find I know. myself drowning in my. I know, feelings. feeling helpless. Helpless. That's, that's the other Hamilton song. Yeah. yeah, hating myself. Yeah. You know, just not being able to move, not even wanting to go out and be near other people because I haven't reached this point with myself where I'm comfortable. Um, 
being yeah. in public spaces. Like, and I can't live that way. Yeah. I need to figure out how to be present. Yeah. Um, just, it, just to have a better quality of life, I need to be present. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Well, so talking about, I guess, demanding better things from people. I feel like I'm real. I'm, I'm getting the hang of trying to trying to make the segues as as not awkward as possible. But I feel like I'm not doing a good job. I but know. You, you have a Facebook Facebook post, kind of about demanding something, right? And it's not really something of you. It's it's kind of about. I mean, I don't know. Just just, I just mean, read it. I guess. Yeah, I'm, and when I wrote this, I think I wrote this in December, um, and I haven't really been dating. <laughs> so it's coming Since from then, home. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I mean, I I haven't been dating a lot, but I mean, anyway, I'll read it. And I see a lot of man bashing or just general complaints about relationships online, and I try not to engage in that. But for this post, I did. <laughs> um, and so I said, <laughs> and that was my um, preamble. This is not intended to be a man bashing rant. I don't like to talk too negatively about dating. No shade to people who do. It's frustrating. Having a family one day is of fundamental importance to me, and it's critical for me to continue believing in that possibility. But one issue that I've noticed is finding people who have basic integrity and common decency. To the point where I, as a 27, 28-year-old woman, began dating men in their mid to late 40s. The Jay-Z, oh yeah, women are human age. <laughs> Just to find someone who felt who I felt respected me as a human being. Here's an example of my conversation with men in their 20s and their 30s. Me. Hey, we were supposed to meet up four days ago. You never responded. Guy. Sorry, I was busy. Nah. Me. So you couldn't even <laughs> respond to me and let me know that? Guy. We aren't together. Me. And this is where I become very, very aerial. No shit. I just met you. I don't even know you. But if a man was walking down the street and he held out a chicken bone to a random dog and the dog walked toward him and as soon as the dog got to him, he put that bone in his pocket and walked away, you would say, hmm, that's a pretty shit thing to do. It has nothing to do with our relationship to one another. It has everything to do with you being a decent human being. Mm. Ariel. Oh, man. Like, I would say nine times out of ten, when in the context of, like, a woman complaining about men, I am on the men's side, just as a broker. Like, it's like, I tend mm -hmm. to sympathize with men more. I am on your side, mm -hmm. like, 100% here. I, I think I have maybe almost as little, maybe just as much little tolerance for flakes. For people who can't keep their word. I have like too many times has this happened. I think just in life in general to everyone. Where you say you're going to do something and that doesn't happen. There's no follow through. There's no follow up. I think that is extremely, extremely frustrating. So I don't think these guys deserve, I mean, anything. <laughs> this is, I don't know. It's frustrating for me to hear because I, I think I experience this as well. I I feel like, you know, I don't like to speak too negatively about the age because I don't know but we're living in an age where you can text people and say oh I'm not going to be there or it's almost like you have a cushion where you don't have to keep your commitments and I 
I'm not comfortable with that. It It is in direct conflict with who I was raised to be. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's this yearning to want to meet people, to want to build a relationship, to even have, even to have friendship, you need to be able to agree to say that, hey, I will be present for this and you will be present for this. Yeah. Um, and we can do it together. But when people don't even want to do the basic shit, which is communicate and fucking show up, it's like, it allows you to kind of exist in this hopelessness. And I'm online all the time and I hear men complaining about girls and some of those men I've dated. And I'm like, you can't even show up to fucking Starbucks. Why should mm-hmm. I adjust my behavior or my attitude for somebody who can't show up to a 2 p.m. meeting at Starbucks? No, I don't have the patience. But that's not to say that all guys are trash because there are a lot of good guys out there yeah. who do show up. But I wish that it was something that we could improve. Yeah, we're we're watching out for you though, flakes. You know, um, <laughs> we don't have patience for this shit. Yeah, no, it takes it takes like once one thing. Ah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm feeling a little tired. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, this girl canceled because it was raining, uh, which <laughs> was not acceptable to me. She's like, well, it's kind of raining, so maybe next time. And then like we set. A time and a day. I like plan. I, I put it. I wrote it down in my little right. my little planner notebook. You know. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Get out of here, flakes. <laughs> yes. Um, you you want to hear another example of weird behavior and how people are talking about it online? This is okay. I will say this prom dress thing is so 2018. This is the. This happening and the conversation that happened off of it can only exist now. Man, you have it pulled up. Like, those are <laughs> pictures. Okay. So, I'll just kind of, like, give the brief summary. So, this this high school senior named Kazia Dom posted these pictures. These very cute pictures of her at her high school prom wearing a cheap haul. Right? And if you don't know, cheap haul is, like, a very beautiful kind of floral, upscale, traditional a Chinese dress for women. And she looks great in it and there's glamour shots and there's a, there's four photos and one of them has her and all of her friends doing a bit of a kind of like a Chinese what, what do you call that? Kind of like a, a kakao tao kind of a bit of a Chinese bow yeah, right? with her hands kind of pressed I together. I do not know the vocabulary. Please do not ask me. <laughs> and and this blew up. I think there was like tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of responses. This, so we've got... 7,700 retweets and 113 likes of her. Um, but we've got a lot of replies. Um, yeah, this guy says, so Jeremy Lamb tweets, my culture is not your prom dress. I'm proud of my culture, including the extreme barriers marginalized people within that culture have had to overcome those obstacles for it to simply be subject to American consumerism and cater to a white audience is parallel to colonial ideology, which is okay. The my I I didn't know about this because no. I'm I've been trying to take a social media break for oh, a lot right. of these reasons a lot of. <laughs> A lot, of, yeah, a lot of Kanye reasons or whatever, oh, right? Um, and my coworker was like, oh, what do you think about this? And I'm almost to a point where, like, I don't. I don't. 
And he's like, I don't want, I don't think about it. I'm like almost too tired to be angry at so mm-hmm. what's, what some like silly high school kid is doing. Like I appreciate what this the, the what the Asian guy is doing, like raising this issue of cultural mm-hmm. appropriation. <clears throat> I'm almost to a point where you be you. I'm not that guy anymore. Okay. You know, I support him like philosophically, but I'm I'm I have other things to do. I don't know. Is that me being a bad Asian? No, I think it. I think it's fair. However you feel is how what whatever the idea that you should embrace. I'm personally not. I don't have a dog in this fight. Yeah, you're doing what I've done with the Taylor Swift covering September. No, not necessarily. Because I, I don't really have an opinion on. That. I'm not singing this girl's praises, and I'm not about to wear this outfit mm-hmm. out on the streets. Right, like. That's not what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Trust me, I don't need another reason to be annoyed with oblivious white women. But, I mean, like I said, I don't have a dog in this fight. But I do always tend to side with people of color in any issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I don't know, I was... Even I, if it's a... I mean, again, this might be offensive, but like an angry Twitter mob. I mean... We talked about this earlier, and had this been let's let's turn it around and invert it and say like, oh, she was wearing um, Ankara or yeah, like African yeah, or something like that. I would be annoyed because it's and it's not really about her outfit; it's about the compounding annoyances of hey, I have to go to work and deal with people who don't think that I'm smart enough to be there and my whole family has been disadvantaged economically and, you know, I have to deal with all of these microaggressions and, you know, our schools are segregated and so, I've, you know, my brother has to pay $22,000 to get a decent education and, oh, by the way, the culture that you have, you know, you don't really own that too and I can kind of jokingly put on something and do some weird kneeling or laughing or really engaging with you when I don't have to educate myself around that on top of all the other shit that I have to deal with with white people every day yeah then it becomes frustrating but you know but yeah but does does every image on the internet have to trigger all of that you know no it doesn't like does it have to always kind of set off this firecracker where like this could easily have been ignored and I don't I don't think the outrage around this like what is the thing that happens when we raise this conversation i think idealistically what happens is we're all become more sensitive and we all become more educated about other people's cultures and how we feel about right. it what practically happens is alt-right trolls bright bar people use this outrage as another example of why quote-unquote pc culture sjws are acting crazy right because right. like oh look this is not a real issue you guys like the outrage begets outrage begets outrage begets outrage right there's this crazy kind of outrage cycle where oh i am so mad that you are really mad about how mad michelle wolf is about how mad you know, Donald Trump is at Obama. It was like that there's this crazy mad cycle of people responding to each other's outrage that, again, I, I appreciate what this uh, Justin Lamb guy was mm-hmm. talking about cultural preparation. You know, I, I get, you know, I grew up watching white people kind of mock right. and make fun of my culture. Right. Um, it's very annoying and my tolerance for that right now is pretty low. But 
I think my tolerance level for just the internet and like the crazy shit that happens right now is also low. So this is a complicated one for me. I mean, so what I've noticed about existing in white supremacy is that invisibility leads to the continuous subjugation of people of color. So unfortunately, we have to be outraged about these seemingly really, really surface things in order to get the attention of white supremacy that, hey, we do not live in a society where people have equal access to resources. And yes, I am going to scream and punish you through these menial, what seems like ridiculous um, yeah, example. So, so, so you're saying you're saying it's not really about the dress. It's not about the dress. It's about racism. It's about inequality. It's about racism. It is about the principle of the thing. And if we do not have visibility, everything gets ignored. Economic policy gets ignored. Diversity in workplaces gets ignored. Access to education gets ignored. So it's like you have to make, you have to scream in order to be seen. Yeah. And so I will fucking make noise about stupid ass dresses if it helps my children get a better education. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, again, this. I, I just don't know what the practicality of of that, like when it comes to solving those issues, right. what is the practical effect of writing a tweet on the Internet? That this is that's just my question. Right. Oh, oh, by the way. So, so this comes from the same week as. The Whole Foods Yellow Fever thing. Did you hear about that? So, yeah, I mean, you can Google it, I guess. So, so essentially, Whole Foods has this pan-Asian restaurant open. And these two Asian or, or like Asian-American owners decide to, quote-unquote, reclaim the term yellow fever. And so there is a Whole Foods with a Chinese restaurant named Yellow Fever. Okay. And people were not okay with using this term. Okay. Uh, so Twitter, people were talking about how yellow fever is both a disease that has existed in Africa and also um, the trend in which white men love to Oh, yeah, like jungle fever. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, L- love to uh, fetishize Asian women. Okay. So that was not funny for a lot of people. Okay. And again, I think it's the same thing. Names of restaurants, you know, dresses. Oh, my God. I don't have a, like I said, I don't have a dog in this fight. Like, I don't necessarily understand. Well, I just don't know how you feel about cultural appropriation. Like, stuff like, this reminds me of stuff like Iggy Azalea. Or. Yo, but can I have a confession? Iggy Azalea's early work was banging. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember 2012 Iggy Azalea when I was in grad school. And I banged with Iggy Azalea. I I feel bad for the way that she's gone down because of the way that she was positioned. Yeah. Makes her something of outrage. But I remember her when she was putting out mixtapes and wasn't really anybody. And I liked her work. So, you know, that's another complicated issue. (laughs) It's just the internet, it just gives fodder to each other. Like, people trying to change the world may it makes trump people mad and makes them go out and support trump like i really feel like trump was you know it was this white lash like i think there's just been too many things too many conversations on the internet that have been dominated by a people of color voice that is making again the alt-right or just like the mainstream people like really annoyed so look if you're like a white person who's like rolling their eyes or or a non-white person 
rolling their eyes be like this is so stupid we're talking about dresses like really like i kind of simple like it's kind of stupid i mean i feel like i'm a bad asian but it's just there are other things that are going on right now you oh so oh uh like um the punk rock band there's this punk rock band an asian punk rock band called the slants Mm -hmm. and the they they tried to get their name trademarked but they couldn't get a trademark because you can't trademark offensive words. Oh. So if I had a band name or a company name with like the N-word or like, you know, uh, Monica Lewinsky is a C-word or whatever. Like you can't trademark those. Okay. So that is like a federal re- regulation. And they fought all their way to the Supreme Court. Okay. And they actually won. So the slants gets to trademark their name yeah because i was about to say because of the because of the first amendment so that, that so it was a supreme court issue because i'm like how did nwa net happen because they niggas with attitudes but i guess it's, NWA. it's just NWA. it's coded it's okay. coded so these were asian americans trying to reclaim a word that is offensive right that does evoke you know white people and you know in other people I, i've seen right. other kinds of people do the slanty eyed thing at me um, this happens all the time, and oh, it is no. offensive. Yeah, that's pretty offensive. <laughs> it's offensive. <laughs> so, it's. I would say that the, that's the main difference of okay. like who the voice is, you know, because it's it's really hard to know. Well, is this a reclamation? Is this appreciation, or is this appropriation? And sometimes this this conversation is really interesting. I love having it. I'm just saying sometimes this conversation can get pretty fucking convoluted. And I, I guess what I'm saying is that I need you to, specifically with this this issue, you and I enter this situation just from different contexts. And if this is, I I need you to be my guide and light in terms of how I sh- I look to you to be my to guide me in emotionally. Yeah, but I'm I'm almost tired. Like people asking me how to feel about Asian stuff. Like I I can't. I don't want it. Like sometimes I don't even want to be the guiding light anymore. Okay. It's just tiring sometimes. You know. Okay. Like this happens a lot. Hey, this Asian thing happened. What do you think? You know. Okay. And I'm I'm just almost to a point where like I I look. I'm just trying to get through my day. Like can I not be like the Asian guy right. anymore? You know, just for one day. Okay. Let me be the Asian guy on another day. But let me have like. A, a, a mini vacation one day. Oh, okay. is that is that, I mean I, I know that's a cop out, but do you understand why I want to? Oh no, out? I totally understand not wanting to be the token minority somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I I look I want to hear. You, I mean I've asked you about the Taylor Swift thing, so and I'm curious I about. Of, I copped out of that. I yeah. was like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Again, so maybe we, it's just it's too trivial for us to really care true. about. It's too trivial. I don't care. Oh. You know what's not trivial? Comic book movies. <laughs> I mean, really, is it? When did you, so? When did you the go? end of the world? When did you? I went opening weekend. Oh, yeah, impressive. Oh, <laughs> and you really loved Thanos, the loved, the villain. I, and so, okay, can we just say? So we're gonna talk about Thanos as a character. We're yes. not gonna. I just don't think the plot is really that relevant to necessarily what, like, specifically, like, what happens to who or whatever. 
right? Or the last, I think the last thing. That's so true. this is a spoiler-ish, but not really. But I have a big mouth, so I never know what I give away. <laughs> yep. Well, well we're put, that's why we're putting the warning here. That's true. For the anyone disclaimer. dumb enough not to like see Avengers, but I, w- I will still be a little bit respectful. Okay. For people who happen upon this. But we do have to say that, hey, in this particular movie, um, Thanos is looking to collect all of the Infinity Stones with the intention of destroying half the world's population. Um, And his theory behind it is that his home was destroyed by overpopulation. And therefore, he believed that, you know, in order to get rid of a lot of the world's scarcity he would get rid of the overpopulation problem so that people no longer had to deal with scarcity. I was talking to you about this because for some reason, this plot point, I couldn't get past. Mm -hmm. It didn't make sense to me. He seems so determined and he seems almost genuinely good on the inside. He cries. He 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 has this very human performance from mm-hmm. Josh Brolin, and he wants to do a good thing, right? Yeah, that's the thing that he wants to do, and the way he does it is just so it makes no sense. And I I don't know why this this is like very much a small detail that I should get past because look, there's talking raccoons, why, <laughs> you know. I love that character. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 I just like why why you have to kill half the people? That makes no sense. Why you have to kill half you have infinity nodes? Why don't you just make some corn? You know? Like if you care so deeply about the fate of humanity or or life, you know, forces the green people, the blue people, like randomly killing half of people that like that actually does not work. There's no scientific Historical president. I don't know. I, I sound very much like a that kind of nerd. You know what I mean? I mean, for some reason, I just can't get over this. He, first of all, when I was, I did some after seeing the movie, I started doing some reading about his character and in his evolution within the Marvel series, and also some of the criticism around the Marvel movies. And one of the critical points that came up was that um, all of the Marvel movies up until this point has primed Thanos to be a sort of hero because Hmm. you have so many Marvel characters that create almost a convolution in terms of who we identify and associate and empathize with. And Thanos was really able to rise as a hero almost in these movies because he was the hero of that movie he was a hero of that movie like we were able to see his humanity and he was a central focal point versus you know we're watching thor and we're watching um spider-man and we're watching iron man Man. like there's so many people to um empathize with and, and thanos really kind of came out of the smoke for this and I, I left the I've left the movie very uncomfortable. Like I was like I really deeply empathize with this character. Um and you you said he you admired what about him? You admired his determination, his kind of follow through. Like he's not the forty year old guy who's not gonna show up to Starbucks. Like, if you say you're going to wipe out half of humanity and you really try to do that, like, you're going to show up to Starbucks. I mean... It's, it's, a, certain, it's, a, certain, it's a certain male trait. So, um, first of all, 
I I talked about this. So my and I'm finally mentioning her. She's she's so annoying. She, every every time we do this show, she's like, "Well, you didn't say anything about me," and so I'm resenting talking about her. But yeah, I'm gonna fucking talk about you, Arlene. Um, my best friend, hi Arlene. Hey Arlene. My yes. best friend is um, she comes from a military family. Um, her father was a general in the United States Army, highest ranking officer possible kind of deal. Um, and there is kind of a respect for bureaucracy and order that she has that as a creative person, I don't necessarily have. But when I left this movie and looking at this character who kind of had assigned this personal mission that's extremely difficult, collecting all of these infinity stones, um, and he went after that ambition unflinchingly he wasn't apologetic about what that ambition was he didn't lie or pretend and say that he was looking to do anything else right he pushed himself he strengthened himself he stepped on whoever he needed to in order to achieve what he said he was going to achieve yeah and i walked out of that movie like oh my god um i i i get this character like i'm deeply comforted by him um i said i don't know he there was com- there was comfort in the fact that he did not kill you know rich over poor he didn't use some sort of marker of privilege in order to discern who should live and who should die and as somebody who is i don't know a black woman that is true equality and it is deeply comforting <laughs> that it's like oh rich poor black white whatever no we're just gonna kind of wipe out people that makes it's no true sense true equality see, see, I can't, that's really hard for because because this is the difference between Thanos and Killmonger and I think Killmonger is still a much better villain than Thanos because Killmonger's mission is driven by ideology and the ideology is, I mean, it's its kind of kill all white people. But that makes sense. That makes sense. Kill all white people makes sense, more sense than kill half of people. I i don't really get, like, does he really believe Earth, like, doesn't have enough corn? Does he really think that, like, oh, my God, look at all the people in, like, India or, or New York City or Beijing. Like, they could really do without half of all of the engineers and half of you know the people who man the nuclear reactors and half of the doctors you know it wasn't necessarily we're going to eliminate all the poor people or all the people who are leeches on society right he's not like well you know maybe maybe this does make him different and unique as a villain that he's not like hitler and or I he's like not like that. a historical genocider like he's genocider, not an imperialist yeah, he's, he's not, not He's not um, using caste systems to decide who should die and who should live. He, yeah, he's like, well, was it Ultron or was it someone else where it was like a computer program that calculated? So, so there are some villains that are like this, like a computer program that calculates the optimum way of living for humans, mm-hmm. and they act it out with 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 robotic, you know, ab- you know, abandonment of motion. So right. he's almost a bit like I think it was Ultron, um, 
you know, maybe um, uh, what was it? Link? Uh, God, not Linksys. The the computer program from the Terminator movies, okay. right? Certain archetypes of robotic villains that have a statistical plan. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like it's like a numbers. But they're game. still biased to me. Into well, I mean, we talked about Facebook al- algorithms and how um, the leaders of Facebook are looking to change and elevate certain content over others. But it's still a bias in that algorithm. Yeah. And so, again, statistical. Um, I don't know. Statistical ways of choosing who lives and who dies is still not comforting to me. It's still not true equality. What Thanos was proposing is true equality. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I mean statistical as in there's a hundred people that just needs to be fifty people. Yeah. Look, if we're on a raft and five people had to eat the other five people to survive, that makes sense to me. You know, and that happens in ecologies, right? And that th- there are ecologies. Like deer and shit. Okay, this is way too fucking nerdy. This is like, <laughs> um, oh my god, this is like Ezra Klein plus, you know, the you know nerd whatever. But I lo- but, we love Ezra. But no, Klein. no, it's like if you think that's like, if you have a forest with too many deer, mm-hmm. and they're eating all the food, they're gonna start dying of starvation. When they die of starvation, there's gonna be less deer, mm-hmm. and when there's less deer, the plants are gonna grow back. It, like overpopulation due to hunger, like in ecologies, will self correct itself again. This is probably not something people like who go to Avengers like really think about. I just think, you know, maybe another point I'll, I'll try to make is that I just wish Thanos had like a slightly stronger backstory that can make where I can understand why are you crazy and doing a plan that makes no sense. But like, my... let people eat, eat, fight for the resources and. Maybe I'm just too used to the the strong will survive and the weak will die type of villain. He's not that kind of villain, right? If you're competing for resources, like Darwin would say, the strong will survive and the weak will die. And we will create a stronger kind of gene pool, right? That's like Hitler-esque. But again, you are not acknowledging equity, equality, and the role that white supremacy plays in people's access to resources. And that's why... Well, yeah, that's why most genocides are, are... I mean, it's it's ethnic. Exactly. Yeah. And so you just like that this is a non-racist genocide. Exactly. It's <laughs> okay. a non... It is true, like, all of these Darwinisms, even if you look at machine algorithms it still is embedded with the principle of white supremacy and therefore strong versus weak it disadvantages brown people what thanos was proposing was like none of that we're just gonna we're just gonna kind of make it happen and we're not gonna think about any of those things yeah like yeah Yeah. well look it's refreshingly (laughs) nonsensical yeah be it a killmonger who wants to kill all, all of the rich white people or I mean you know there are, are other right. villains who want to see the world burn right. and want to plunge the earth into chaos and anarchy but he didn't like want to see the world but he burn. didn't see again this is the thing you, he's neither the super control person right. nor the super anarchy person he just somehow thinks he life will just be easier when you 
only have a when your mom just like you know die you know he 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 just I don't I don't know something about his plan anyways I'm not saying it. it makes sense I'm done but rant over I don't know after watching that movie I sat in my car and like and I was like texting my best friend and I was trying to unpack unpack why this was so I identified with this character so deeply and she was like she said one thing that she said is no offense but I think because you're a part of like artist communities <laughs> um, people talk a lot and don't necessarily do anything to accomplish things mm. <laughs> which and you know Thanos is not an artist she's I, she comes from kind of this regimented military background um, and even kind of doing my own research my 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 grandfather was a chemist in the Vietnam War and my father was a military brat and so I do have some sort of like military um, mentality ingrained in me in kind of a deep way Yeah. Um, but I remember I was trying to explain to you like why why I really like this character and I saw him almost as a father figure or a representative of my father and who my father has been to me and I um, and I said, you know, I think Thanos reminds me of my dad, which is something that I'm unpacking. And you go, um, what? <laughs> Did your father adopt you while genociding your people? Does he have a very large chin? <laughs> oh, this is our text. Is, are you yeah. reading our text chain? I don't know how much <laughs> Infinity War will explore this collapse, but you know. Anyway, and then I said, no, I think I'm maybe in a pessimistic moment. Um, and maybe I'm in a contemplative melancholy, but I, I, I just feel like no one is truthful. No one is authentic and no one makes promises and actually keeps them. So it kind of goes back to my frustration with dating, like mm-hmm. basic human decency is something that's hard to find. But I also, you know, play devil's advocate. I said, understandably so. Everyone is always working so hard to make you question your own resolve. So we have these Twitter conversations. We have these conversations on face on Facebook or social media where everyone is causing you to question your ideas or how you feel or how you need to make them more inclusive or make them less inclusive. Mm-hmm. We're constantly debating and there's no sound clear resolve for anything yeah and i said that it was really comforting to see a character who made a decision was consistent and honest about what he was going to accomplish and had the strength to actually get it done despite the whole world standing against him consistency my father is the only person who throughout my life has always been consistent kept his principles and his promises to me no matter how based in extremism in extremism that might be he would get it done unwaveringly. And so when I saw Thanos, I was like, man, this this is a guy who has decided that he was going to accomplish something. And shit, by goddamn, if he wasn't going to accomplish it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I hope you meet a man who will <laughs> not only show up to Starbucks for you, but wipe out <laughs> half the population of the universe through a... To the conquest of the five infinity stones for you. Now that's commitment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I need all that. I think I think this is the first hot take of Infinity War as like a wrenching indictment of like flaky artists. 
<laughs> so we Artist, okay. you watch out. <laughs> Ariel's going to be... You're going to be standing be- behind Thanos. Being like, this guy <laughs> stands by his word. And he has a clear agenda and he carries it out. Honestly, the Avengers... There is... There's a point in which you don't really know what they stand for anymore. Mm-hmm. Every superhero has their own sets of ambitions. I will say Spider-Man, it's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. He wants to be a badass. He wants to save, save things. He's a 16-year-old and kind of acts and talks and thinks like a 16-year-old. Right. I, I really like Tom Holland. I think, so, I think he's great. Yeah, he's doing great. But when you have like 20 characters with... A lot of different reasons for fighting against Thanos. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would not necessarily risk their life mm-hmm. to save everyone's lives. You know, one of the main themes of Avengers. So I will concede the point that Thanos, even though his plan doesn't scientifically, like mm-hmm. logically make sense, he has the character to back it up. So I appreciate that. And the balls. He had the balls on his chin. To yeah, he had the balls up. on his chin. <laughs> awesome. This is... I, I, I like this podcast. I feel like this podcast has done a good job being the intersection of dating, race, and entertainment. We, we were able to talk about all three. We were. Topics, Yay, so. we accomplished something. Yeah. And I had a lot of wine and still accomplished something. Yeah. So, thank you guys. Thanks for listening. We had... I think... 30 to 40 percent more subscribers after the hamilton podcast which so makes it's me a little... nervous because it's a lot of shit talking on my part it's not don't that judge people. me it's not y'all. that many people i mean it's a lot of people who know us but it's not that many people but yeah but we're yeah so we're growing a little bit a little bit. you don't have to call mailchimp <laughs> oh my god okay awesome well okay well thanks for listening okay